I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Tonight with veteran handicappers Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, hour number two of the big show, and uh, we got plenty of basketball betting action. NFL, Jim Harbaugh jumps back to the league, leaves Michigan. No big surprise. And also, uh, we'll talk about the playoff games tonight. NBA betting as well. We got some golf to talk about at Torrey Pines. Right now, Wes, a lot of betters probably hanging on the edge of their seats with this Auburn-Alabama game. Number eight, Auburn. At Alabama, which is a top 10 team in the Ken Palm ratings, by the way, mm-hmm. don't be fooled by the fact that Alabama is not ranked in the AP poll. This is a really good Bama team. Bama, a three to three and a half point home favorite. Right now, up one at the free throw line with 12 seconds to go. And here's the controversy at the end of the game. Chad Baker-Mazzara for Auburn threw up a three down three, and he kicked his leg out. This this was called a foul on the Alabama defender. It was not a foul on the Alabama defender. No. It was an Auburn shooter kicking his leg out into the defender, and that was a bogus call. Yeah, and, 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 and look, that's a new rule, so it's not necessarily enforced. You thought it would be maybe a point of emphasis, but uh, uh, Baker Mazzara, the 89% foul shooter, makes two at three, so now it is going to be uh, Alabama going to the line. I, th- I think it was Grant Nelson, the big guy that got fouled. Yeah, so uh, it's highly unlikely that Grant Nelson's going to make both shots. Probably going to make one, miss one. Then what do you do? You got to defend. You can't give up a three. You got to, if you're Alabama, you can't give up a three point attempt to Auburn and risk losing the game. Eighty six percent, Grant Nelson. Uh, so and he just uh, missed one a few minutes ago. He's six for seven from the line. There's a lot of pressure on these two. Yeah, sure. look, and 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 if you do make two, man, I I think uh, I think you gotta, you gotta once foul. you get across half court. Now you don't want to give it like as soon as they inbound. No. Uh, if that's the situation, because I see kids do that all the time. You try to wait till under 
know, seven, six, five seconds, somewhere around that range. You can't, you can't foul if you're up three with 10 seconds left. That's too much time. No, not at all. So, uh, uh another timeout, by the way, taken as a, these end of game situations. I know, uh, I agree with, uh, our old friend, Dave Koken was like, you know what? They should just have a time game. And after two hours, who's ever ahead wins. Because these games take way too long. And I don't think he's necessarily wrong about that. Well, one thing is uh, when you bet underdogs, a lot of times you wish the game could end at the end of regulation. Oh, yeah. Because you don't want to have the dog in OT. You don't want to have the under in OT either. I had one of those earlier this week. They don't call it under time. They call it overtime. Overtime is where dogs go to die. Yes. So we'll see what happens here. Alabama at the free throw line, 11 point. Eight seconds to go up, 75-74. Grant Nelson, 86% shooter, has got two. A lot of pressure on the kid right here, and he throws the first one up and makes it. 76-74. We'll see if Alabama fouls when Auburn crosses half court, but there's a, this is the highest-profile college basketball game tonight. Yeah, it is. There'll be a lot uh, of money bet on this Auburn-Alabama. Yeah, number eight, Auburn, I believe, still the uh, last team undefeated in the SEC. Makes them both. Made both, so three-point game, 11.8 left to go. So pressure from Alabama here. And, uh, yeah, when he gets across, when they get across oh, midcourt, you want to foul, and they do. Now, not a lot of time goes off the clock. One uh, second went off yeah, the clock. How, how did only early. one second go off the clock? Oh, that was too early to foul. Jeez. Fouled with 10.8 seconds left. Anyway, let's update what else is happening, Wes, before we get back to this. At the half in Evanston, Northwestern leads Illinois 34-32. Do we have a DraftKings number on uh, uh, the second we, half? We do have game? a second half number. Uh, there are some three and a halves out there, Illinois laying, and also four. Uh, total at 77, juice the under, and I'm seeing some 76 and a half. Uh, what was that first half total? First half total did go under 69. So perhaps, uh, perhaps going under again based on how the uh, market's looking at it. First free throw missed by Jalen Williams, so still a three-point lead for Bama. See what happens here in the second free throw. We have not had a chance to watch much of the Illinois-Northwestern game, but I thought this was going to be second free throws made. It's a two-point game. Bama's got the ball trying to inbound it with 10 seconds on the clock. This is a huge game for the Illini if they want to try to win a share of the Big Ten championship because, Wes, what do we have here? Is that a foul or a jump uh, foul? I believe, I believe there was a reach in there because uh, Johnny Broom doesn't seem happy about whatever it was, so that I think like they it, called a foul. Yeah, it looked like it might have been a jump ball, but I think the foul was called. Bama, is that Mark Sears going to the free throw line? I believe I believe so uh, while we wait for that. A uh, couple other scores. Anyway, what I was going to say about that, Illinois, yeah. this is a huge game for the Illini if they want to share the Big Ten championship. They had that bad home loss to Maryland and really can't afford to lose this one tonight in Evanston. Now that they got Terrence Shannon back, Look at Illinois' schedule. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty manageable down the stretch with uh, the only game against a ranked team against Purdue, and that's going to be in Champaign. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Illinois, uh, get, I believe uh, their next game, uh, they get Indiana down in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Champaign, actually. That on Saturday, Indiana, I think, will have over a week off. So that's, that's kind of like the back-against-the-wall game for Indiana, even though it's on, it's on the road. Uh, so, yeah, schedule favorable. They get Indiana at home. They go to Ohio State, Nebraska at home, at Michigan State, Michigan at home. Uh, a lot of their road games uh, come, I think, the final like month of the season, or three weeks, rather. All right, Arkansas, Mississippi also at the half. West, and there was a big line move in this game. 
uh, from Ole Miss up to around a three and a half, four point opener to eight and a half or nine. Mm-hmm. And right now, Ole Miss, the Rebels lead 38 26 and a half against uh, Eric Musselman and the Razorbacks. Yeah, and another interesting game in the second half, too Villanova and St. John's. St. John's close three and a half, 40 to 35, 12 50 left to go in the second half. And then also another game that I've got a little interest in with uh, Missouri State plus the points. Uh, uh, the Drake, who has uh, won a bunch of games in a row, 16-3 and three in the Missouri Valley. The two best teams in the Missouri Valley this year have been Drake and have been Indiana State. And uh, Drake, of course, went to the tournament last year. They are 16-3 and three, right outside the top 25. They're in double overtime against Missouri State, who swept them uh, last year. Indiana State, by the way, gets the win over UIC. Does not get the cover. I believe they were laying 11 and a half. So Indiana State now 17 and three. I know you like that Indiana State team. I do. Josh Schertz, uh, yeah, he's done He's done a hell of a job there. Uh, remember, he, uh, uh, I think he was at Lincoln Memorial and got them to the D2 Final Four, I believe, one year. Yeah, this guy's a really good coach. He's going to be a hot coaching name. Boy, we got some point spread drama here in the uh, Auburn-Alabama game. So we got a missed layup. A rebound, the ball's going out of bounds. I think there's going to be five-tenths of a second left on the clock, and uh, Auburn's still going to have a shot here. Down four is going to get a last attempt at it. And it looked like time had expired, and the, the tide tar- started mm-hmm. to celebrate the win. It's not over yet. If you bet this, five-tenths of a second yeah. still on the clock. Tide look like they're going to get the win, but are they going to get the cover and uh, cover uh, most of the numbers? By the way, there were some fours at close of business, including right here at Circa, mostly three and a half. So this uh, last shot certainly you know, going to matter. This is a perfect example of why you and I like to bet small favorites on the money line instead of yes. laying the points. I actually played Alabama on the money line here. I put the play up, I think, on the VSIM Pro Pro play page at minus three. Um, I might have to start putting money lines on those plays on the pro page. Did, did you put it up that way? Or did I, you I did. I, I laid the I laid the money line about a, I think it was about a dollar fifty when I laid it. Oh my God! Did he make that? They're gonna. Call. Oh good! Huh? Official at the scores table says no good, and the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide finally get that. Uh, I guess uh, you know. I don't know if Ohio State's really a signature win, but uh, yeah, watch the replay. Yeah, th- this was the uh, signature win though for Alabama, and this is what they needed. Uh, they beat themselves up in that non-conference, but all of a sudden, uh, you know, it's not just Kentucky, Auburn, and Tennessee. Uh, don't dismiss Alabama as of yet. They're now five and one in conference play. Alabama's a dangerous team, very dangerous team. Auburn's going to be dangerous too. Right now, it's saying final score seventy nine seventy five. The ball was inbounded. And the shooter at the top of the key threw in a three-pointer at the buzzer. I don't think five-tenths of a second was enough for him to catch it, mm-hmm. gather the ball, and shoot it. It was called no good on the floor. We didn't see a replay, though. Now we switched off to a different game. Yeah, and, yeah, and look, it's been a pr- pretty good week for Alabama, though, uh, in terms of – I'm uh, worried about the point spread. I don't care. Getting, is that a final? Yes, that is sure? a final, 79-75. So uh, they covered the numbers. Uh Win tonight, beat your rival, uh, had your had your guy uh, Nick Dunlap win as an amateur on Sunday at the uh, American Express at 300 to 1. So, uh, good week for the Tide down in Tuscaloosa. Northwestern up on Illinois, 44-43, four minutes into uh, the second half. You know, when you're talking about playing money lines on short favorites or laying the points, there's a lot of stress at the end of some of these games if you're, oh, yeah. if you're laying these numbers. I don't care if it's one and a half. 
two, two and a half, three, three and a half. Yeah, and I it's hate not, laying those numbers on the small favorites. And it's not just full game, too. It's first half, too. You know, first half money line obviously is going to be tax, but or tax. But when we get to like, especially, and now you know, and I should say after we get through football, when all everybody is concentrating then on basketball, these numbers are going to be so tight especially as you get in a conference tournament play and the NCAA tournament, these numbers are going to be so tight and you need every advantage you can get. And boy, I know a lot of people that will come out here and bet the NCAA tournament, Matt, they're not thinking money line because they don't want to lay the extra money. So they're not thinking that. So they're going to lay two and a half and only win by two. That's going to happen to you. You know, if you're coming out here for the first time for the NCAA tournament, maybe it's your first time actually betting in a sports book. Uh, uh, look at those money lines. You do want to look at those money lines. Not saying to lay them all the time, but you do want to look at those uh, a little bit, especially if you're playing short favorites uh, late in the season. A perfect example of that, too, Wes, was yesterday. I was out here in the book right before the show, and a friend of ours um, was complaining about how his parlay just got blown up because he laid – Two and a half with uh, Wisconsin at Minnesota. No, no. I said, no. I said, don't do that. Don't lay the two and a half. Lay the short money line price. Too late for you now because they won by two. But in the future, don't do that. Just lay the money line price. And there are going to be some people listening to this who are going to argue with that. But yes, those people probably don't bet a whole lot. That whole, don't bet that much or bet at all anyway. Yeah, don't listen to those. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This. 
This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VSIN Pro subscription. Sign up on a VSIN Pro annual subscription. Get your first year for only $199. Use promo code tonight. Get access to everything on our new VSIN.com website. VSIN.com. Again, use promo code tonight. Get your first year for $199. Sign up today. VSIN.com slash subscribe. All right, Wes. Uh, once again, for those who missed it, we talked a little bit in the first hour about Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan, making a jump back to the NFL with the Chargers. Old move by Dean Spanos and the Chargers, but one uh, I feel like they had to make. And um, Harbaugh off the national championship at Michigan. Once he got left to prove in college football, he wants to win a Super Bowl. Last time he got there, he got beat by his brother. Uh, let's look at the Chargers' win total, or what we think it's going to be for 2024. Chargers finished this season 5-12. and 12. And they were bad in the division, Wes. Uh, the Chargers won them 5 in the division and 2-7 and seven at home. 5-12, and 2-7 and seven at home, won them 5 in the division, and they finished the season on a five-game losing streak. Here's who the Chargers play in 2024 outside of AFC West opponents. At home, the Ravens and Bengals, the Saints and Buccaneers, and the Titans. So you got two in the AFC North, two out of the NFC South, and one from the AFC South. Again, the home opponents for the Chargers outside the division, Ravens, Bengals, Saints, Buccaneers, and Titans. Road opponents for the Chargers, and they played nine road games and eight home games in 2024. The road opponents for Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers, the Browns and the Steelers, Falcons and the Panthers. Seems like if Bill Belichick's going to land somewhere, it's going to be the Falcons or the Panthers. You would certainly think so. The Patriots going to be a road opponent for the Chargers and the Arizona Cardinals. Um, off a 5-12 and 12 season, realistic win total for the Chargers. Last season it was 9.5. What do you think it is, Wes? Nine? Eight and a half? Mm, nine seems high. I think eight and a half. I think eight and a half, probably. Because, look, they, were, they, they, I, they weren't very good. But keep in mind the last five, uh, five games uh, without Justin Herbert. So, more than likely, what would you think? They might have been a seven or an eight win team if he was healthy all year. With Herbert healthy, you could say the Chargers would have been eight and nine. Yeah, right? so maybe so you I, could I make that case. I think eight I and a, I think eight and a half, maybe minus one ten both ways. They had a couple of close losses down the stretch. Obviously, two point home loss to the Bills, ten point loss at Denver, a one point home loss to the Chiefs. Of course, that was a Week eighteen kind of throwaway game. I would probably say eight and a half shaded over for a win total for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Might I could see, see that. Do you think there's going to be a lot of Hype, is this going to be a popular team in the betting market where we might see the win total pushed up to nine and the Sharps are going to say, hey, there's value betting under? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be all that popular, to be honest with you, because there's going to be a lot of cynicism, I think, out there. It's like, oh, college coach, you know, going going back to the going back to the NFL. So but 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 look, he's been there. He'd been there before. I, I think 
if anybody's going to be able to make that transition, you would you would think it's going to be Harbaugh. This is not going to be, uh, you know, a Matt Rule situation. And maybe Matt Rule in the, a different situation would be good again. So you never want to totally dismiss that. But, yeah, I look, I, I think eight and a half is probably realistic because how much do you buy in? What does Denver do? Do they, you know, that they're going to move on from Russell Wilson? What quarterback do they bring in there uh, in, in Denver? Uh, uh, what did the Raiders do at quarterback? Uh, with uh, with uh, obviously Antonio Pierce here and uh, now Tom Telesco here. You got to think when you bring in a new GM too, not just a new coach, but a new GM, you're going to change the quarterback position unless it is one of the elite in the league. You're changing the quarterback position and, uh, you know, looking at some of the free agents out there, Kirk Cousins is a free agent. So somebody's wanna going to want to grab somebody that is bid, that is a proven quarterback in this There's league. There's a lot of teams that need a quarterback. Yes. Broncos need a quarterback. Chargers do not need one, but they need everybody else around the quarterback. Chargers got a tough salary cap situation, too. You're going to find a, a way to navigate. And um, I don't know, there's plenty of time to talk about this stuff in the offseason, but I think eight and a half or nine is what you're going to see on the Chargers win total. I'd say right now, eight and a half juiced over. Um, that's a fourth place schedule that Jim Harbaugh gets with the Chargers. It's also a tough division. Maybe not the toughest in the NFL like we hyped it to be a couple of years ago. Let's get back to college hoops here for a minute. I want to make an important point about this uh, Auburn-Alabama game. So it was five-tenths of a second left on the clock when Auburn inbounded the ball, 79-75 Bama. And again, at DraftKings, Bama closed a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Number opened around two-and-a-half, three, closed three-and-a-half. You think this last shot was important? So the ball's inbounded. The Auburn shooter grabs it, throws it up. Drills it. He makes it. But it's waved off at the buzzer. Yeah. Apparently the ball's still in his hand uh, when the, the clock went to zeros. But ESPN flipped off the game. Yeah, they got out of that show, game. Did not real? show the replay. You got to show the replay of a shot like that that's that important that decides the point spread. Yeah, yeah. they, they got out of it and went to the uh, uh, Chet and uh, Wemby show. Uh, going on in San Antonio. That was the game uh, following Auburn, Alabama. But that, that that tells you what ESPN prioritizes, by the way. Well, they got ESPN bet now. They should care about that stuff. It, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. They. I mean, you got to make sure that that is settled. Uh, and, you got to show the replay. And, we don't need to see the, the coaches shaking hands. When a three is hit at the buzzer and they wave it off, Everything's replayed. Well, now. even the uh, even the even the color analyst on, on the game, the color commentator uh, was uh, Jay Williams, I believe. Even he apparently mentioned on the broadcast the point spread implications. So at least he did that. But uh, the production uh, uh, crew did not follow suit. Apparently, the shot did not count because I'm still seeing 79-75. I thought it might be changed. After they flipped off the game, is that where you you still see a final? Yeah, I, I still okay. see I still see a final by four. All right. Also in uh, college hoops, let's talk about Villanova St. John's big game in the Big East and the Johnnies. Uh, three and a half point favorites of DraftKings tonight, up fifty to thirty nine with nine minutes to go. Also, and we got a back and forth game in Evanston between the Illini and the Purple Cats. And right now, Northwestern leads 54-53 with 12 minutes ago. They do. And then uh, final score, by the way, in, um, in Springfield, Missouri, double overtime. Do you get double the, the amount that you win on the game if the dog covers uh, three times? 
And that's what Missouri State had to do. 83 to 80, though. They went out right. They were seven-point underdogs. Uh, that was one that helped me out. As uh, uh, Drake gets beat by Missouri State, who's been struggling. But Missouri State swept Drake last year, and they get a third win over these guys. I thought that number was just a little bit priced in because that revenge angle does get priced in from the previous year. So uh, Drake had a long winning streak. Uh, they now lose 16-4. and four. Wow, Purple Cats rattle in a three-pointer. They lead 57-53 with 12 minutes to go. We, there's one other one I know that we didn't get to. It just started the second half, and that is uh, Iowa State over, over Kansas State right now, 43-32. to Just started the second half. Uh, look, Cyclones, we, we know how good they are at Hilton Coliseum. You know, Hilton Magic is very real up there. But how about Iowa State? That was a heck of a win they got at TCU on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Because that's not an e- it's not easy to win on the road anywhere, but especially in the Big Twelve. And uh, I think they were they were up twenty something too. And TCU had to rally, you know, to to get within one possession. And Iowa State closed them out. Well, uh, so we got to mention win. this game. We got to mention this game quickly. I don't know if you have a play on it, but Colorado State Nevada that tips in about five to ten minutes up in Reno. I did bet Nevada again, small money line price. I, here I, I laid money line overnight as well. By the way, this did go up to, I believe, as high as five. It did. And it then it started two. to crash. It was two overnight, went up two and a half, three and a half. You saw it climb as high as five. Now we're seeing Reno closing a four or four and a half point favorite tonight against Colorado State. And this is a Wolfpack team off three consecutive losses. Yeah. Really good spot here for Nevada tonight, and that's why I played the short home. Yeah, I, I did the same, too. Uh, you know, you're, you obviously the tax got out of hand. Maybe you've got some middlers, or perhaps somebody's just buying on uh, Colorado State there at that number, because five, I think, is way too high. So you might have some middlers that played small money line and also played Colorado State plus five tonight. Mississippi opening up a big lead against uh, Eric Musselman in Arkansas. Chris Beard's team up 53-34 in the second half. Yeah, uh, Arkansas, man, it, it, it's not getting any better. We keep waiting for it to get better. They, they've certainly got the talent, but it's not exactly uh, playing together. They're uh, a rough start for Eric Musselman. You always think a good coach like Eric Musselman's going to find a way to and make even, it And even he can't figure together. this bunch out. Remember last year, he figured to, it out late with all those young kids, but... Not doing it with the transfers this year. I don't think Arkansas is going to be on my bet list anytime no, soon. No, no, they are not. Thought they might have turned it around with that win over AM last week, but clearly not. Ian Cameron, the Canadian kid, on deck with his NFL best bets. This is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks Guarantee. For a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash you will get four free boneless chicken breasts, four free boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. omahasteaks.com slash V-S-I-N. All right, let's welcome in the Canadian kid. Joins us pretty much every week during the football season, Ian Cameron on the show tonight. And, uh, Ian, what'd you make of uh, the NFL divisional round playoffs? The Buffalo Bills up in your neighborhood knocked out once again. Yeah, they were knocked out once again. And it's unfortunate because, you know, that game was winnable for them. 
one of one of those classic cases, and it was a classic game. It was another outstanding matchup between the Chiefs and the Bills. And I said uh, after that game ended, they could put the Chiefs and the Bills nine years in a row with these two quarterbacks head to head year after year in the playoffs. And I don't think I'd get sick of it. You know that is how good the games have been with those two teams. But again, you know a play here and a play there, it's a different result for the Bills. You know if Josh Allen completes that second down you know, over the middle on that final drive and they score a touchdown, who knows what happens for Buffalo. They don't have to kick the field goal. I just find this notion that Tyler Bass is getting blamed for the loss. That's a bunch of nonsense to me. You know, if you kick the field goal and you tie it there, Mahomes still has all the time in the world against a banged up defense that was not stopping the Chiefs anyway in that game, you know, to go down the field and win the game. So I think it was just a play here and a play there. This is not a let's blow it up. Let's fire McDermott. Let's Let's move on from Josh Allen. None of this. You know, it's tough that you've lost to the Chiefs three of the last four years, but this team's close. You know, you can't blow it up, you know, and it's tough to win a Super Bowl in this league. You know what? Some of the points you made there are the same points I made on the Monday night show about Josh Allen should have thrown over the middle to pick up the first down on second down instead of throwing to the end zone. And all this blame on Tyler Bass, the kicker, is misplaced because even if he makes that kick, Pretty good chance the Chiefs are still going to win. Blame's got to go on that uh, banged up and uh, aging defense, uh, I might add, Uh, Buffalo. Sean McDermott mismanaged the game. Josh Allen mismanaged the uh, last um, possession there inside the 30-yard line with uh, two minutes to go. And you can't blame it all on the kicker. You can't even blame a bunch of it on the kicker. There's a lot of uh, fingers of blame to point with uh, Buffalo Bills. Uh, but a lot of times the media and the fans get it wrong and they just want to blame the kicker. Uh, Ian Cameron with us. And, um, Ian, how did you uh, come out with your plays on the divisional round? Did you come out ahead? Did you have the Chiefs against the Bills? I can't recall. Yeah, Saturday, was, um, Saturday wasn't great. Uh, it was up and down with the uh, results as far as a divisional playoff weekend is concerned. You know, we did have uh, the just thanks to that last field goal that Baltimore Baltimore scored in that game against Houston. We were able to cash in over at a very low number, 43 and a half, after everyone bet the under because of the fear of the weather. So it was good to be able to cash that. Uh, we came up short with the Niners team total over and the full game over with Green Bay and San Francisco. It was pretty jarring to see the 49ers offense as out of sync as it was against that Packers defense. Uh, but Sunday was pretty good. I mean, other than the Bills, we dropped the Bills' money line. But, you know, we had Detroit. We had the over. Pretty sizable bet there with the Lions and the Bucks. So uh, it ended up being, you know, up and down weekend. But can't complain about the season overall. It's been pretty good, especially the second half after a slow start. Second half of the season has been really good in the NFL. So, Ian, let's see if we can continue that with a championship Sunday. And uh, we'll start in the AFC. That is the first game, 3 Eastern, uh, 12 Pacific, uh, Kansas City and Baltimore. Total's been driven down a little bit, 44 and a half. But initially, you would have thought maybe Chiefs money was going to come in, and it may on the weekend. But so far, it's been Ravens. Uh, We've got as high as four in the market, mostly three and a half, though. Yeah, and uh, after that win uh, for Kansas City last uh, weekend, Wes, against Buffalo, that's Patrick Mahomes now at 9-1-1 against the spread as an underdog. It's not easy to go against this guy catching points. And I lost going against him and the Chiefs catching points last week uh, when they were catching those few points, two and a half, three points against Buffalo. Yet I am going against them again somehow. And I know what kind of quarterback he is, Patrick Mahomes. I get it. Uh, He's capable of 
single-handedly leading his team to victory. And when Travis, I'll say this about the Chiefs, that was the best their offense has looked in weeks, maybe in the entire season. And I think Buffalo's defense being banged up certainly played a role in that. But let's not forget, Travis Kelsey's dropping passes out of sync the last several weeks. That was as good as I've seen him play with Mahomes as far as being on the same page last week against Buffalo. Uh, I thought the passing game overall was a lot better. They ran the ball effectively with Pacheco. And this offensive line's had issues with holding penalties. They haven't always given Mahomes the time. I thought their pass protection was as good as it's been in a long time. Those are all positives for Kansas City going into this game against Baltimore. We have to pump the brakes about that performance in one respect. Baltimore's defense is superior to Buffalo's. It's certainly much healthier than Buffalo's going into this game. It's probably going to be a much taller challenge for Kansas City's offense. And this is a game where I know they look great on offense last week, but I think this challenge is going to be you know, a lot more tough. And I think the fact that they've struggled against some of the better defenses during the regular season makes me think they might struggle here. Look, if I'm picking quarterbacks here, I want Patrick you know, every single time over Lamar. But I just think Lamar is playing his best football right now. He's got the comforts of home. He's got a great skill position group to work with. When you think about now Isaiah Likely's emergence at tight end, when you think of Flowers, Bateman, OBJ, all the receivers, their O-line's good. They've got the good run game. You've got Lamar's ability to run. You know, that and the defense to me is outstanding. It's loaded at the defensive line, the linebacking core. It's great in the secondary. It's very well coordinated by Mike McDonald, who a lot of people think might get a head coaching job at some point. I just think the all-around top-to-bottom team here that's better is Baltimore, and I think they're ready to take that step and prove it. So I'm on the Ravens here, the slight road, uh, the slight home favorites, rather, on Sunday afternoon laying three-and-a-half. Second week in a row, you're going to bet against the Chiefs here, and you're, you're going to lay the three and a half, or did you lay three? I, I did bet it early, but we're not going to, we don't see threes right now. Right. So for show purposes, I'm okay with three and a half here. At Bobano Betting, if you want to follow Ian Cameron on Twitter, also dubclub.win. Uh, Ian, let's talk about the other game Detroit, San Francisco, and uh, Niners minus seven. We don't know if Debo Samuel is going to be on the field right now, total of 51. How, how are you looking at the Lions, Niners? So I was cashing over with Detroit last week against Tampa. I bet an over with San Francisco against Green Bay, but did not cash that one. And really the reason it did not cash was San Francisco's offense was just totally out of sync. I did not expect them to struggle like that. And look, there's people that have concerns about the Niners offense going into this game. Uh, and, you know, rightfully so. I mean, that was concerning. And it's not like Brock Purdy and the Niners played well against Baltimore late in the season either. So there's been some issues, and Purdy's got to step his game up. There's been two of the last three games against great competition have not been great. Green Bay, Baltimore on Christmas Day. So definitely Purdy's got to step it up. But this Detroit defense, you look at it, you know, they can be picked on in the passing game. I think Samuel's status is significant, especially from a side perspective. You know, if he doesn't play, uh, there's a stat out there that with, Debo Samuel on the field this season, 49ers have averaged north of seven yards per play on offense. Without him, it's 5.7 yards per play on offense. That's a huge difference with just one guy being there and one guy not being there. That's how important Debo's been uh, for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. So with, with him being out in this game would be a significant blow. I do like the over. That's the stance I like right now, regardless of Samuel's status. I think if he's in, the over becomes a stronger play, even without him. You know, I think Ayuk can step up, Kittle, you know, at tight end. 
Uh, you're going to ask more of Jawan Jennings, who I thought had a pretty solid game against Green Bay last week. There's other options. And this Detroit secondary, we saw it against Tampa Bay. You know, they won that game in spite of the secondary. Secondary is not great. You know, you can throw on this Lions defense. Uh, Baker showed it uh, last week. We saw, obviously, uh, Matthew Stafford show it the week before, even though Detroit escaped in that game. So I think Sam Frank can throw it on this Detroit team. But I also think Detroit's going to move this football. I don't know about you guys, but I see a San Francisco defense that right now, not playing like it did early in the season. Right now, not playing like it has the majority of this campaign. I'm seeing the pass rush isn't there consistently to get to the opposing quarterback. I'm seeing the secondary committing a lot of penalties, defensive holding, pass interference. And you can talk all you want about the Niners' weapons. How about Detroit? They've got a bunch of weapons. They've got Gibbs and Montgomery in the backfield. They've got a great receiving core led by uh, Amon Ross St. Brown having a hell of a year. Sam Laporte at tight end. They can make do damage, I think, against the San Fran defense. It's not right now what it was earlier in this season. So I like this total up and over the 51. If Samuel's in, um, maybe I put San Fran in a teaser. If, if Samuel's out, I will take the seven with Detroit. And I know San Francisco's probably going to play a much better game than they played last week. They knew they got away with one. I expect they'll be better. But better and winning by more than a touchdown, guys. I'm not convinced. All right, very good analysis of the two games. Ian Cameron, Apple Bono Betting. You can find he and Wes Reynolds ha- hanging out at the Dub Club every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, right? Absolutely. VIP status. Ian, have a great weekend. Good luck, buddy. Enjoy the conference championship Sunday games, guys, and good luck. Thank you, Ian. Super Bowl prop plays ready next week. And uh, we'll talk to Ian Cameron again before the Super Bowl. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs that much more exciting. New players can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VSEN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, it's promo code VSEN. Wes, have you seen the DraftKings commercial about the uh, playoffs with uh, Jim Mora and uh, who's that comedian? Uh, Kevin Hart. Okay. Yeah, I have seen the playoffs. I have seen that. Good promotion there by DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs. All right, uh, Wes, we're going to tease to something in hour number two that's going to get a lot of people excited. We're actually going to unleash Wes, the Animal Reynolds, for five minutes to talk about pro wrestling in the final hour of tonight's show. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Uh, not only Championship Sunday, but the road to WrestleMania we'll begins to at later. the Royal Rumble. You know, <clears throat> I said Wes, the Animal Reynolds. Like George the George Animal Steel? George the Animal Steel, yeah. George the Animal Steel, man. See, see, you know more about wrestling well, than you would say. Back in the day, say. I was a big fan of Andre the Giant. Oh, yeah. yeah. That oh, guy, yeah. in one night, he drank 100-some beers. <laughs> Remember that? Yes. Huh? That was the only on time. Wikipedia page. Did you ever see, right? by the way, the uh, Bill Simmons uh, thing that they did on HBO on Andre the Giant, like the little documentary? And they're yeah. interviewing Vince McMahon. He actually participated in it, and he started, like, getting actually choked up about uh, Andre the Giant. And that, that's the meme, if you've seen it on Twitter, where he goes, like, cut it, like, go away, because they don't want to see him tear up. All right. We're going to talk college hoops here in a minute, but let's do a quick NBA update. And uh, Wes, Milwaukee Bucks, after the coaching change, get the win and cover tonight against the Cleveland Cavs. The Bucks were laying seven at DraftKings, and they won by 10, 126-116. Milwaukee, which is uh, in Algonquin, means the good land, if you're uh, familiar with that. I knew that, of course. Alice Cooper uh, informed us of that of w- in Wayne's world. Uh, Giannis, uh, triple-double, 35-18-10, so maybe he was excited to uh, play for somebody else besides Adrian Griffin as uh, Bucks do get the win and the cover. Memphis gets the win in Miami, 105-96. to Final score, uh, first game for uh, Terry Rozier in a Heat uniform. Houston, big favorite tonight, and they get beat by the Portland Trailblazers, 137-131. This team's been very good at home, but uh, uh, Trailblazers with Anthony Simons back uh, – do get the win. Uh, meanwhile, games in progress. Uh, Suns 104 to 88. About eight and a half minutes left to go in Dallas. Big quarter for Phoenix. 43 to 20. They outscore uh, Luca and the Mavs. Of course, no Kyrie tonight. Halftime in San Antonio, 63-52 to in the Battle of Rookie of the Year candidates. Uh, Chet Holmgren, 7 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. Victor Wembanyama, 13 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist. And then Golden State after the first quarter, 38-31 to over Atlanta. We had a friend text us tonight and say that the, uh, the Sharps were pounding two favorites. Houston Rockets who closed 10-point favorites over the Portland Trailblazers, and the Rockets lost that game at home by six. He also said the Sharps are pounding the Miami Heat, 
up to 11 and a half, 12 point favorites, and they lost that game by nine at home to Memphis. So mm-hmm. sharp money off target tonight. Yeah, on the NBA board with those. Yeah, two yeah, and that that friend who uh, who uh, got us home. We had to, we had to sweat a little bit. Got us home on that NBA total, so we uh, we don't have to uh, break into his home or send uh, Moose and Rocco uh, to help him uh, find his wallet. But even, his dog. even if we did break in, we we would have Arthur in a safe place. We just gave it away, but we would we we don't harm we don't harm animals. We just harm people. Wild one tonight between Illinois and Northwestern in Evanston, and uh, this is what a lot of Northwestern home games are look like. And uh, I thought it was going to go to the wire, which is why I took the three and a half with the Purple Cats. Uh, Wes, we could have had four. We didn't get the best number. I know, game. and I when I saw that, I was like, oh gosh, I hope that that doesn't come into play. That's just proof that on this show we don't claim to have the best number on every game. Yeah, yeah, because this did get hit uh, late in the afternoon, and I had already uh, put three and a half, and uh, does close four. So uh, one thirty-three left to go. Uh, Matthew Nicholson looks like he's going to send uh, Coleman Hawkins to the line. So uh, we don't get overtime. Yeah, that 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 poor kid for Northwestern, man. That big kid, he plays hard, but he's not one of the more athletic fellows I've ever seen. Oh, why do you got to take shots at people like that? I know. Well, I'm not one of the most athletic fellows you ever saw either. I'm not. I'm not exactly Carl Lewis sitting here, man. Yeah, you could sing the national anthem better than Carl I, Lewis. I can sing the national anthem better than uh, Carl Lewis. Coleman Hawkins at the right there. I'll make it up to you. <laughs> Remember, I don't know who it was. Who was the Nets player that when he did that, that like had his over his face because he was so embarrassed? Kendall Gill? I think uh, it might have been. Actually, uh, Coleman Hawkins at the free throw line for the Illini. Speaking of Kendall Gill, former but, Illini great. 74-73 Purple Cats. How about Coleman Hawkins, by the way? He's a 6'10 kid, and he can run the yes. point. Yes. That is, that is uh, I'm just thinking about that. When, when, he, when he missed that note, and he goes, uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'll make it up to you. <laughs> Charlie Steiner, when he was the ESPN sports anchor, when he was doing the nightly sports center, one of the greatest reactions you will ever see uh, to uh, uh, Carl Lewis's uh, uh, attempt at uh, singing our Star Spangled Banner. All tied between the Illini and the Purple Cats with 127 to go, and Northwestern's got the ball. Iowa State up on K-State, 54-53, 10 and a half minutes to go in uh, Ames, Iowa tonight. I don't have any action on that game. Yeah, I don't either. Kansas State, though, has come back. They were down double digits Uh Earlier in the half, uh, they were my lean. Not enough to play it, though. It is tough to go against Iowa State at home because this team can absolutely get away from you. But Kansas State, uh, you know, kind of nip and tuck with Oklahoma State on Saturday. Got the win, didn't get the cover. And now we got a one-point game uh, there, 10-37. A lot of time left to go in Ames. You might even – some might even say this Arkansas team is quitting on Eric Musselman. Right now it's Ole Miss 69, Arkansas 45. It's a 24-point game. Yeah, this is a – favor of the Rebels. Brutal effort for Arkansas. Uh, And Ole Miss, this this closed nine here at Circa. And I think this was four, four and a half overnight. By the way, Trevon Brazil did get hurt in the first half Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, did not come back for the uh, second half. So – uh, that's part and parcel, but they they were out of it anyway. Uh, meanwhile, also in the SEC, Florida does get the win over Mississippi State, seventy nine to seventy. Walter Clayton uh, did leave the game uh, with an injury. Marquette over to Paul late, and uh, let's see. I think eighty to sixty six. Do you see a better update than I've got? I've got eighty to sixty eight, three thirty five left to go. 
All right, Marquette laying 18 and a half. That's after Tony Stubblefield was fired as coach at DePaul. I wanted to throw this out there because Dan Dockett, who's a former college basketball coach, former Indiana player, we've had him on our show in the past, and Dockett's a very opinionated, sharp basketball analyst. He tweeted this today. DePaul is the one basketball job I've always wanted. Grew up watching Corzine, Ponsetto, Watkins, through Aguirre, Cummings, and Bradshaw. Can't understand how it's never been competitive. Well, they hadn't been competitive uh, for a long time. I think Pat Kennedy, he had it going for a little while when he had Quentin Richardson and Bobby Simmons and those guys. But you and I also remember that era of DePaul. Our era was more like, uh, you know, the Joey Meyer era, Rod Strickland and those guys. Of course, who can bring it back? Who can bring DePaul basketball back from the dead? You know, we're going to talk, we can talk about this with UNLV too. And last night, UNLV, the Rebels looked like corpses on the court. Here in Vegas on a 32-point loss to Air Force, one of the 10 most embarrassing losses in UNLV basketball history. Uh, but speaking of DePaul, can a guy like Dan Dockich make it work? Can he get back into coaching? Uh, He's got the passion for the job, or which way do you look? Well, I mean, you're going to have to have somebody that's going to sell the program, uh, clearly. And look, I recommended uh, another former Indiana head coach, Tom Crean. Everybody is wanting to get the hot young coach. I don't think DePaul is like a hot young coach job, and I don't think a lot of young coaches want to go there. You need some veterans, uh, a veteran with tread on the tires that has some energy, and that fits Tom Crean. And Tom Crean has won in a very similar job uh, at Marquette. You know, city school, got to keep some city kids home, and you got to cast a wide net in recruiting too because you've got to, you know, shotgun a bunch of different offers and get kids interested in the program. Uh, You know, this isn't like – Kansas or Kentucky or someplace like that, you get your pick of the litter. So, yeah, you got somebody that'll talk about the history and wax poetic and charm all the Chicago media, like our guy Mike North and the Catman and all those guys. And that's what you got to do is is build the uh, energy in the program, build the interest, go sell it. And I think Tom Green can do that. Chris Collins has done a great job with Northwestern basketball on the north side of Chicago. But right now the Purple Cats trail by two, trying to screw up the end of this game. If you're catching three and a half for four here with Northwestern, it's going to be at uh, it's nervous time. So Illini lead by two. Northwestern's got the ball inside 30 seconds. Hour number three tonight, Bruce Marshall of uh, Vegas Insider and CBS Sportsline is going to join us. Purple Cats score and tie it up. Join us on the other side to see if we win and see what kind of mood we're in when Bruce Marshall joins us on VSIN tonight. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to to start listening.